Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hi, CT family. God bless you. I know that you have already met with the Lord so far in this service, and I'm so excited to be bringing the Word of God to you as we start this new series. Now, as I speak to you on screen today, I'm actually at the same time uh, speaking in the city of Philadelphia because I'm at Philly Tabernacle today. And what's really exciting is this is a very special day for us because today we will be taking in um, 20 or more new members for the first time in the history of Philadelphia Tabernacle. We're taking in new members of this church here in Philadelphia. Could we put our hands together and praise God? Because Jesus is building his church. He's building his church here and he's building his church in Philadelphia. And this is so exciting. There are a lot of firsts that are so special to Chrissy and I. Um, I have mentioned that a number of weeks ago when I preached in Philadelphia, uh, I made an altar call for salvation and we had for the first time a hand go up and a sister accepted Christ as Lord and Savior and it has begun. God is doing some great things and this is a powerful extension of us going beyond our walls and beyond our generation. We're getting more kids coming in week after week in Philadelphia. We're reaching the children. When we reach the children, we know we can reach the families. God is taking us beyond our imagination, and this is so exciting. And I'm also excited to be starting uh, this series titled Pray For It. Everyone say pray for it. I'm so excited to be uh, bringing this series to us because I believe that at a whole new level, God wants to develop um, an impulse, a, a, a reaction, a response to different troubles, pressures, uh, circumstances all throughout our day that the first thing that we would do is that we would pray for it. Everyone say pray for it. Yes, God loves when his people pray. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Bible says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will answer. I deeply believe that in addition to love, because the Bible says they will know that we are Christians by our love for one another, I believe that in addition to that, one of the chief markers of a child of God is that they pray. When the disciples uh, asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, one of the chief lines that, uh, uh, and principles that he gave to them is he said, pray, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we pray, we are crossing over. We are going boldly to the throne room of grace and we are pulling down something from the heavenly realms. How many want to see the manifestation of God's glory and power in your life, in your, in your daily activities? This past week, Pastor Jose preached in our 
our prayer meeting, he preached a powerful message about believing God for the supernatural. How many know the way we get a hold of the supernatural is when we pray? And so we want to believe God and we want to make it a deeper, richer, more natural part of our lives. That's what I'm praying for you. I'm praying for this here. I'm praying for Philadelphia. God, make us a people that reach out to you on a consistent basis and pull down the blessings and the, the realities of the kingdom of God. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth. May it be so. And everybody said, amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend quite a few weeks talking about prayer and talking about the things that you and I should consistently pray for. We need to keep on praying for certain things. And the Bible even tells us what we should be praying for. But today, it's going to be slightly different. Because today, what we're going to do is begin by focusing on the life of one of the greatest men of prayer in the Bible. And we're going to learn something very special today about um, a prayer life and what happens when we become real prayers, when we, we learn to pray without ceasing Special things happen, not just for us, but to us. So I want you to turn with me in the Bible to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. And in Daniel chapter 10, we are going to um, experience something that is rare even in the Bible because in this story, I'm going to read 20 verses to you, longer than usual. We're not going to cover all of them. We're going to focus on one core principle, but I want to get you ready for this. This passage of Scripture is one of the unique places in the Bible where God actually pulls back the veil of the natural and we get to see what is happening in the spiritual realms when we pray. And so this is a very powerful and mysterious passage of Scripture. And let me give you just a little bit more background before we read this text. So in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel is now over 80 years old. Daniel is living in Babylon. Daniel was taken from Jerusalem uh, uh, and, and, and he was part of the, the, the great exile that Jeremiah prophesied. Pro Jeremiah prophesied that Israel would go into exile in Babylon for 70 years. And Daniel was among the very earliest to go. And because of the favor of God, and in particular because of his prayer life, he was elevated and became very influential in government. He was a governmental leader in three different administrations in, in Babylon. And at this point, the people have now gone back to Jerusalem uh, after the 70 years were over, and they were led by Ezra. When you lead the book of Ezra, this is happening at the same time. Ezra took a large group of people back, 
and they began to rebuild the temple of God. And Daniel didn't go for two reasons. Number one, most commentators believe he didn't go because he was probably too old. He didn't want to make that long trip. And number two, he probably felt like he could impact the kingdom more from there than going back to help rebuild. So Daniel uh, chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. The Bible says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Daniel was on a 21-day fast. In January, we typically start the year with a 21-day fast, and this is our inspiration for that. And I want to encourage you, you don't have to wait until January to do this. There is powerful things happen when we set our face and our schedule and our minds and our hearts to, to, to seek the face of God. And this is what Daniel was doing. And by the way, when Daniel was doing this, he was a senior citizen. You're never too young and you're never too old to seek God with great intensity. God loves when we pray for it. And here we see it manifested in the life of Daniel. And here's what the Bible says. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, uh, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from uh, Uphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Now this is a very similar picture of the glorified Christ as is revealed in the book of Revelation. And so he's getting a vision of Christ high and lifted up. The same vision. When the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, it is important, brothers and sisters, for us to understand that even though this revelation is given in the book of Revelation at the end of the Bible, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, uh, and forever. He is the one who is high and lifted up. His eyes are like fire. He sees all things. He knows all things. And Daniel is getting this amazing revelation of Christ over 500 years before he would come to the earth. This is powerful. It says, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. When we seek God, we see God. He got the vision. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. 
Then I heard him speaking as I listened to him. I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you and stand up for I have now been sent to you. Now there's a reason why I have Daniel, you are highly esteemed because this is part of our focus for today's message. Daniel, you are highly esteemed, he says, Carefully consider the words I'm about to speak to you. Stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said uh, this to me, I stood up. I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Now there's a switch from the vision of Christ to an actual angel who's talking to Daniel. And the angel is saying, Daniel, you are highly esteemed by God. I've got a revelation to bring to you. I have a message from God for you. And from the moment you prayed, an answer was released. However, something happened in the spiritual realm. Today's message is not about this. That will be uh, in the weeks to come. But I need you to understand the things that your prayer will activate the power and the influence and the impact of our prayers when we pray. It says, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, this is talking about Michael the archangel, he came to help me because I was detained there with the king of of Persia. Now, I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While while he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. By the way, one of the things that you notice about a true vision of God is a true vision of God will always deeply humble you. Because the glory of God is so weighty and powerful and wonderful that it absolutely humbles man. The true vision of God always increases and develops a whole new level of humility in our lives. And as you see here in Daniel, then one who looked, uh, uh, who looked like a man touched my lips and opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord. I feel very weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. A little bit more. Then again, do not be afraid, you who are, come on, read these two words with me, highly esteemed. 
do not be afraid. You who are highly esteemed, he said, peace, be strong now, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. And this is the last verse, and then I want to pray. So he said, do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. So here we have this absolutely fantastic display of war in the heavenly realms. Here we see a simple man who lived a life of prayer, and as he prays, he basically activates all of this spiritual warfare, all because God wants to answer one of his children. We're going to talk about that next week. Today, I want to focus on something else. Today, I want to focus not just on what we should pray for, but I want to focus on how prayer impacts us, what prayer does for us. But before I do that, I want to explain a few more things, but let's begin with prayer. I want to pray after reading the Word of God. Lift your hands with me. Come on, let's, let's just worship God and let's just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your highly exalted Word. You said you put your Word above your name. And God, we want to receive your word today. We want to receive a revelation deeply today. Father, we are asking for a manifestation of your kingdom. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven today. And Lord, would you speak to us deeply and would you activate, Lord God, a burning desire in every one of your children to pray. You love when your people pray. So God, let a spirit of prayer fall. And God, help us to be impacted to the fullest, Lord, when your people pray. So bless this word, our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So remember, this is an introductory message and there's a lot of explanation that is important and necessary. Um, so I'm gonna keep laying out a few more foundational truths before we get to the meat of the message. First of all, what is prayer? Let's talk about prayer. And this is something that you see consistently in the life of Daniel. Prayer is consistently seeking the face of God for the sake of Number one, knowing him. Number two, knowing his will. Number three, securing the ability to do his will. How many know even when we know the will of God, we still need the grace of God to enable us to do the will of God? But how many also know that when God reveals his will, he wants to pour out his grace right here. This Sunday, God wants to give you and I fresh grace. Grace is a supernatural ability to walk out a supernatural life on behalf of bringing glory to our King, to our Lord and Master, King Jesus. How many want to bring glory to Jesus in this place? Well, it takes grace and that grace falls when we seek the Lord. 
You see, when we, could you put that uh, back up for me, please? So it's knowing him, knowing his will, and securing the ability to do his will. Every time we wait in the presence of God and seek his face, it is a transaction. We reach out to him, but God reaches back to us. Today, God wants to reach back to us. And he wants to do something very significant and very special. Now, let me just say a little bit more, and then we're going to get to the meeting. Come on, stick with me here. This is very powerful, very important stuff. So the thing about Daniel in particular is that Daniel's prayer life is actually what made his life so supernatural. When you look at Daniel's life, since he was a young boy, he was a man of prayer. Can I say something to you? If you want to experience the supernatural, if you want to, to live the highest form of living, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that you might have life and life to the fullest. If you want the fullest of life, I'm going to tell you something. You got to get to praying. Because when we seek him, we find him. And when we find him, the supernatural begins to unfold in our lives. So real quickly, let's, let's do a, a quick review of Daniel's life. And by the way, you should read the book of Daniel in the next couple of weeks. It will really bless you. Uh, bless you. Here's what you're going to find. When he was young, Daniel in chapter 2 was about to lose his life because the king, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, said, You know what? I am so sick and tired of all of you priests, all of you different philosophers, you guys say that you claim to know the supernatural. This actually happened. Okay, you talk about the supernatural, but there is no supernatural. You guys don't even have a clue about the supernatural. And here's what I'm declaring. I'm declaring that whoever, if, if one person doesn't come and tell me, I had a dream last night. If they don't tell me what my dream was and what the interpretation was, I'm going to kill all of you. And so a decree goes out in the land, all of the different priests, all of the different, uh, uh, quote, philosophers and the, and the gurus, they were all quaking in their boots. And one of the soldiers came and declared to Daniel, hey, you're going to just know if you can't give uh, an interpretation, what the dream is and the interpretation of it, you're going to die tomorrow. He's killing all of the priests. And so Daniel said, give us one night to pray. And he and his friends fasted and prayed, and God gave him the revelation. And this became a supernatural promotion. And he went in and he told the king, this is what you dreamed, and this is what it means. And, and the king tried to praise Daniel, and Daniel said, this has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with the Most High God. Do you recognize, brothers and sisters, that we can pray and receive from God, and something can happen this coming week that will bring massive, incredible glory to Jesus? And that's what we are, in fact, called to do. Daniel was just a young man 
who consistently prayed. Then there came a, 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 a declaration and edict that said no one can pray to anyone else except the king. And Daniel, the Bible says, he prayed three times a day. I'm going over this because I want to encourage you and inspire you. I'm inspired. I want to be like Daniel. I've been praying in preparation. Lord, make me like Daniel. Help me to pray three times a day. Help me to sneak away from the busyness of life and just get someplace alone with you, God. Help me to pray because if I pray, God, I know you will answer. And that's exactly what Daniel did. He would go and pray three times a day and they threw him in the lions then. But even though they threw him in the lions then, how many know God can shut the mouth of, he shut the mouth of Daniel's lions and he'll shut the mouth of our lions. That's exactly what he did. Lastly, in Daniel chapter nine, Daniel actually reads the writing on the wall and the king wants to give him all of these awards. And he says, keep your toys, keep your awards, but this is the word of the Lord to you. Daniel spoke truth to power. Uh, uh, brothers and sisters, I can't tell you how important it is for you and I to be full of the word of God, courage, boldness, truth, and revelation. So many people want to speak truth to power, but we have nothing to say. The people who pray can speak real truth to power. The people who spend time, that's when we become God's messenger. And God wants to make us messengers. Not just uh, uh, wrangle with other people about politics. What about the word of the Lord? What about the kingdom of heaven in the conversation? That's who Daniel was. Daniel was a leader. Like, could you imagine someone talking to President Obama and correcting him and then talking to President Trump and correcting him and not caring about their power and their influence. But look, if that was the case, that would be easy compared to what Daniel did because Daniel was more like living with Saddam Hussein. Imagine speaking to Hitler and saying, you're wrong, but God kept him in the most wicked of regimes because he was a man of prayer. So we're talking about a supernatural life. How do you live that kind of supernatural life? I'm going to tell you how. You pray. And everybody can pray. Listen, I want to read this quote to you by Leonard Ravenhill. It's not on the screen, but let me say this, and then we're going to get into applying this very quickly. Leonard Ravenhill said in the book, Why Revival Tarries, which is a great book for you to read if you haven't done so. He said, the ministry of preaching is open to few. Not everyone is called to preach. He said, the ministry of prayer, the highest ministry of all human offices is open to all. Okay, not everyone will preach. Not everyone will lead in worship. But let me tell you something. Everyone can pray. Somebody say amen to that. Everyone can pray. And everyone can make a powerful mark on their lives. Serving the Lord and serving their generation. But only if we pray. That's why we have to pray for it. Okay. So I know I've said a lot. But what is the focus of today's message? What is the, the real focus of today's message? We're going to spend the rest of 
our time talking about what to pray for. But here, what you see in this passage of Scripture, in particular by the way the angel spoke to Daniel, here's what you see. You see that, yes, prayer changes things, but the biggest thing about prayer is that it changes you and it changes me. Yes, we need to pray for it. We need to pray for it. We need to pray for it. Absolutely. Pray for, pray for uh, financial help. Pray for marital help. Pray for moral help. Pray for, all, for, pray for emotional health. Pray for strength. Pray for all of the different things. Pray, to, pray for good grades that God would help you study. All of the things that you need, we can pray. And God loves when people pray. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. But what we don't realize is that God is so good that when we pray, God actually does something to us. Prayer changes us. Prayer transforms us. And I want to give you the two things very quickly that prayer does. When you live a life of prayer, it absolutely changes you. Okay, how? Here's number one. First of all, prayer fills our deepest needs. I have to emphasize that prayer, when we pray, okay, and you could be praying for something, you could be praying for a promotion, you could be praying for help, you can be praying about discouragement, but it doesn't matter. Anytime you go and seek the face of God, every time we pray, while we are in the presence of God, seeking the face of God, something is happening. We are being filled up. And prayer fills our deepest needs. Now, now, this is actually right here in this text, but I'm going to have to unpack it for you. I, want, I wonder, what is our greatest need? What do you think your greatest need is? Is it for this job? Is it for this, this or that or whatever, for this relationship, uh, 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 for this dream to come true? There, are, there is a deeper need than all of those things. And I just want to, I want to refer you to uh, the way a, a famous psychologist put it. His name was Maslow, and he came up with this in uh, 1940s. And he talks about the basic uh, uh, needs of every human being. So he says, uh, this is the hierarchy of human need. First of all, every human from the moment we're born, we have a, a physiological need. We have to be, you got to feed the baby. You've got you've to tend to the baby, give the baby uh, food and drink and all of those things. Then in addition to that, you have to provide, every one of us needs a certain sense of safety. We need shelter. So we need food, provision. We need shelter. Every single one of us, those are our primary needs. Without those we cannot exist for very long. But once these two needs are met, then there are other needs. Then after these two needs are met, there's top love and belonging. How many know everyone here needs love? 
Everyone here needs a sense of belonging. It is when it comes to your emotions, when it comes to your overall mental and emotional health, it is impossible to, to really be doing well, to thrive without a sense of love and belonging. Every single one of us needs to feel loved and we need to belong. And then we need to have a sense of esteem. We need to be esteemed. Now, this is where I wanna focus because brothers and sisters, we understand these two uh, uh, very easy. But did you realize that the fundamental reason for all of the crisis, hardship, and difficulty on our planet coming from human beings is because of these middle two, love and belonging and esteem. Love and belonging and esteem. And into this moment, in, in, the, in the middle of, of Daniel's crisis, because he was constantly praying, look at what the angel says to Daniel. Could you put that up for me? He says, Daniel, you who are everyone highly esteemed. Highly esteemed. Oh, Daniel, in the ESV says, Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. It means both. How many know God knows what you need? God knows exactly your deepest need and he knows how to fill it. And every time you and I go to God, he will fill it. He will fill our need to feel loved and to be loved and to belong. He will fill and meet that need to be esteemed. He says in the CEV, it says, Daniel, your God thinks highly of you. Everybody needs to have that sense of I am valuable to someone and loved by someone. Look at what esteemed means. Esteemed means greatly admired and desired, highly respected by others and from, uh, and from oneself. Like you need to feel good about yourself. The pressing desire for possession every single one of us. And can I tell you something? Our generation, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, shouts of this. Our generation, like never before, screams and shouts this incredible need to be loved and to, and to belong and to be esteemed. Never before in the history of time has this truth been stronger and more upfront. The social media uh, uh, generation and culture, brothers and sisters, is all about belonging, love, and esteem. And you have little children up to the oldest, uh, uh, quote, self-publishing, they call it, declaring why their life is good and valuable and what's going on. We need to understand how powerful this actually is, brothers and sisters. We need to see that, that there's a craving inside of us that wants to be loved and esteemed. And when you pray, God fills something that the world will never fill. When you just spend time with God, you walk out of your house differently. Let me unpack this a little bit more. So let's, let's uh, look at how the world operates. You, you judge for yourselves. So, so we have a, a simple chart here. And so the average 13-year-old, 15-year-old, 
and now even 25-year-olds and up, and up. 50-year-olds, they believe that the more popular you are, the better life is. So here's the way it works. They pursue popularity, and as popularity goes up, self-esteem goes up, and as self-esteem and popularity go up, that is what determines the quality of life. What makes life good? Everybody thinks you're great. That is the fundamental essence of what is driving our culture. Never before have we been so tuned in to what's happening in everyone else's life. Everyone, even on the phone, some, even while I'm preaching, some people might get some kind of flash about someone else. And what we don't understand, brothers and sisters, is that that is fundamental seeking flattery. Our culture is, is always looking and is teaching us to pursue being flattered. And I, I remember, because I'm not a big, and by the way, I am not knocking social media, okay? Some people keep in touch with their friends on Facebook, and uh, there's always a new thing coming out. There's Facebook, there's Instagram, now there's TikTok. There's all of these different things. If you want to stay connected to people that way, that's fine. I'm not knocking it. But as children of God, you must beware of flattery. Because flattery will never fill you up. In, in, uh, uh, by contrast, flattery is of the devil. And I remember the first time I started to really look into social media. Someone will post the selfie generation and then everyone else will say nice things about their post. Oh, you look beautiful. You're this, you're that. What is that? It's flattery. And look at what the Bible says in Daniel chapter 11, 32. This was a prophecy five, uh, now 2,500 years ago. There was a prophecy. It says, he shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant. 2,500 years ago, Daniel prophesied, there will be a generation that will be seduced by the devil. He will seduce a whole generation. How? With flattery. Why? Because people have this deep desire to be loved, to belong, to be esteemed. Look, he shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. Every time we seek the Lord, he makes us firm and he enables us to live the supernatural life we're called to live. Please memorize this verse and know that the greatest thing that you can do is to know your God and to know him well. Here's the reality, brothers and sisters. Here's the reality. The more we uh, run the race for popularity, actually the lower the quality of life goes. Because you will never be fulfilled by the flattery of this world. Ask the movie stars. Ask the professional athletes if the whole world of groupie and followings really fills them up. Here's the truth. Here's what the life of Daniel teaches us. And then if they could send me a keyboard player, here's what the life of Daniel teaches us. Okay, prayer changes us. As we get close to God, as the more you seek God, 
no matter who you are, no matter where you live, the more you seek God, the more your self-esteem goes up. And the more you seek God and your self-esteem will go up, that is what's going to raise the quality of life. You're going to feel firm in the craziest of times. You're going to feel strong in the Lord. You're going to be good. It doesn't matter what's going on in this world because you spent time with Jesus this morning. And man, when you spend time with Jesus, everything changes. Can I tell you? It doesn't matter where you live. They, they say uh, every year it, it, there's some best places to live. Um, it, some list is issued. Naperville is always in the top five. Naperville is considered one of the greatest places to live in the United States. And yet, if you look, and I have actual uh, friends who live there, the highest rates of teenage depression and mental health issues are also there. Kids literally taking their lives because they don't feel like they belong. I want to speak to, to someone who battles uh, with depression. I want to peep, speak to someone who's feeling lonely. And let me tell you something. If there's a voice that is saying to you that you're not valued, you are greatly loved by God. God loves you and God wants to fill you. Seek his face. I'm not saying don't get help. I'm not saying don't get counseling. I'm not belittling all of the tools that are out there to help us. But I am saying there is one that can fill you in such a deep and powerful way. And his name is Jesus. And when you seek him, you will find him and he will do something inside of you that you cannot describe or understand. You will stand firm. You want to stand firm? You will stand firm. I just had a, 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 a family member, a woman of God, lost her son very early in life. Please pray for my, my cousin because her 33-year-old son this past week, he just didn't wake up. He, we didn't know he was a good kid, clean life, very mysterious. My cousin is such an absolute woman of God. And I called her and she said to me, I'm so sad and I'm brokenhearted. But here's what she said to me. She said, but I don't, I don't feed myself on milk I feed myself on the meat of the word. And she said, people might think this is strange, but I'm standing on the rock, Christ Jesus. And he's keeping me. And he's strengthening me. And he's empowering me. And even though my heart is broken, God is keeping me strong. Supernatural. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding in the deepest, darkest of moments. To even the highest moments, you can put the highest moments into perspective. One, when? It's when you get into the presence of God. Yes, we're going to pray for this and we're going to pray for that as the, weeks, as the weeks unfold. But can I tell you, the best thing about prayer is that when we pray, God fills our deepest needs. And here's why. Here's the key. See, it's not that God loves some people more than others. It's not that God loved Daniel 
more than others. But it's that people who seek him, they're the ones who discover how much he really loves them. And your life crosses over into the supernatural. You see, Christianity is an encounter-based religion. Because Jesus is alive and well. And do you know what? Jesus wants to give you an encounter with him. And when you meet him, he begins to fill you. Day by day, a lifestyle of prayer will fill the emptiness in any soul. And so, one of the best things that could come out of this series, you ready? Is that he's going to fill you. You're going to be strong. You're going to be privately healthy. It is impossible to really be privately healthy long term if you don't seek the face of God. This is what this uh, 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 passage teaches us. Daniel would pray three times a day. And he, he conquered kingdoms, so to speak. He shut the mouths of lions. He, he spoke truth to power. He was used in magnificent ways, even though he was just a simple guy who loved and walked with the Lord. Here's the last thing, and then we'll close. Prayer not only fills our deepest needs, but prayer will conquer fear in us. If we put the spectrum of fear, fear starts with like many insecurities and, 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 and low-key worry, and it goes, there's a whole spectrum of fear, all to being kind of uh, completely terrorized and, and paralyzed by fear. But no matter what, when you get in the presence of God, he conquers fear in us. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Prayer conquers fear in us. Look at what he said to Daniel, and look at what First John says. He says, Daniel, do not be afraid. You are highly esteemed. You know why you don't have to be afraid? It's because God loves you and he values you and he esteems you. And if you leave this service or, or when in a moment as we pray, you respond to God and you start to seek him, you're going to know that because there will be a spiritual transfer that takes place. Look at what he says. He said, peace, be strong now, be strong. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, speak, Lord, since you have given me strength. Do you need strength on the inside? You need to get into the presence of God. Here's what the Bible says. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. God wants to break fear in this place. Too many people live in fear. Fear is not of God. Worry is not of God. Anxiety is not of God. God is able to fill us and he's able to drive out all of the fear so that we stand strong and then we can step out in action this coming week for the glory of God. Just like Daniel. Just the way he prophesied. We don't need the flattery of this world. We don't need the likes and the approvals of this world. What we need is the smile of God and the presence of God and the goodness of God. I want to close with this quote. Listen to this. Stanley Jones said, and this is the truth for all of us. 
He said, I am inwardly fashioned for faith, not for fear. Fear is not my native land. Faith is. I am so made that worry and anxiety are sand in the machinery of life. Faith is the oil. You ever feel like the machinery of your life is more filled with sand than with oil? It's because of fear. He says, I live better by faith and confidence than by fear, doubt, and anxiety. In anxiety and worry, my being is gasping for breath. These are not my native air. But in faith and confidence, I breathe freely. These are my native air. When you get into the presence of Jesus, go home and pray. We're going to pray together right now. Respond now, but I want to encourage you, go home and pray. Tomorrow, wake up and pray and pray before you go to sleep. Develop a new life of prayer and watch. You're going to breathe a different kind of air because faith is the air. God will give you a new capacity to experience a, a life and joy and peace because you're breathing the air of faith. And that happens when we get into the presence of God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to lift your hands with me. We're going to call you to the altar in a moment. But can I tell you something? There's a verse in the Bible that says, open your mouth and I will fill it. When we lift our hands and we reach out and we say, hallelujah, I praise you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I want you, Jesus. The Bible says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. So come on, as the pastor comes, let's begin to just worship him and praise him. Lift your voice, hallelujah, Jesus.